and Tyzone is down the outside with Trekking. Madam Bruce has got the lead. There's a wall chasing. Nekanova's coming through. Tyzone the outside. Madam Bruce, Tyzone, Nekanova, Vega one late as well. Tyzone! Welcome to Bris Vegas, a custom-built betting show for the Queensland Winter Carnival, brought to you by topsport.com.au and our friends at punningform.com.au. I'm your host, Scoot, and I've got Johnny Macbeth McLeod joining me. How are you, John? Yes, good. Good to be here. It's, uh, it's starting to heat up up in uh, Queensland, and we've got the Windsor Weasel also, Tommy Henjack. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, Scoot. Good to be here. Now, uh, for the audience at home that haven't seen you guys in action in the live streams, you, John was on the Little Birdie Millions, and Tommy, you were all about it in the Little Birdie Diamonds, sensationally taken off course um, from the Brisbane Racing Club. But first, let's get a little bit of a backstory for uh, Johnny McLeod. You're a bookmaker turned punter. Yeah, yeah. Um, bookie for around 22 years, 23 years or something like that, and then... Uh just like the pun a bit too much, just like when I was at college, I liked the bookie and the pun a bit too much and just left there and give that the flick. Came to the races, loved it, just just had too much of it in my bloodstream. I think it's just, just uh, I'm a, well, what was I, a fourth generation bookie, so well, I just couldn't get it out of the system. So it's still going hard and I love it. Absolutely love the races. It's sort of something that it just doesn't die. It's curable only by death. <laughs> and uh, you've actually found a newfound passion. You're getting back on course, and it's probably attributed to just the young colts. There's a bit of a uh, bit of a tribe of these young boys. Some of them from the racing show that get on course, and and Tommy Turbo or the Windsor Weasel, as you call yourself, uh, you're one of those. Here, yeah, what's what's your introduction into the great game, Tommy? Oh, well, I've been around for a while now, but about 12 months ago, I decided to take it a bit more seriously. Um, got down to the track, met some smart operators, and john and a few others um and yeah he kind of just picked me up um off the street i guess um <laughs> i'm helping him out at macbeth and um yeah it's been really good focusing mainly on speed maps and ratings and then incorporating some other things in between beautiful and uh, both the boys are all about the punningform.com.au data and i think johnny buys the raw data to put into his systems as well. Now, this show is all about the Queensland Carnival. We've got Queensland Guineas Day to Caloundra Cup. So we'll cover all the major meetings. we get the Doombin 10,000. You'll also get the Strati. So we're locked in for the next 10 weeks. Thanks to Top Sport. It's been a, uh, a big effort to get the show rolling. But here we are. And I guess the first question from the top, and I'll get Johnny uh, Macbeth to answer this one. Do you bet any differently into the Carnival? Do you open the shoulders or... How does your betting change with uh, with the Winter Carnival? Um, it does change, but it's sort of mainly just because of um, you, you've got to dive a lot deeper into the into the southern horses just to get a feel for them and trying to get you know their you know just just the idiosyncrasies that the horses um, do and you know sometimes you might get them a little bit wrong so you you just sit on your hands a little bit longer for with with those type of horses, um, the, the, well, the southern vent horses, and um, but usually if you sort of think they're not much good, well then you'll push into the the Queensland ones. But you know you do take a little bit of a backward step as, as far as timing goes, and and when you bet and when you don't. Um, but you know sometimes it's you know they're not full of southern horses, but um, that's how I play it. I just go a little bit easier when my about my timing of pushing in and pushing chips in. 
And what about uh, you, Tommy? Have you got different tactics in carnival time? Do you open um, the shoulders a little bit up? Yeah, tactics will be uh, very interesting. I think it's important to find the um, the light, the right lead-up races. Um, also targeting those trainers that um, historically like to come up to the carnival. It's also important, I think, the last couple of weeks we've seen in Sydney racing, um, there's been some pretty savage biases down there, especially some of those days when they've um, left the sprinklers on overnight. So, <laughs> yeah, that's something we've been keeping an eye on and definitely have to incorporate that going forward. Mm, and traditionally, uh, probably one for you, Johnny, it's always been a little bit of a method of mine to follow someone like Waller uh, religiously and then put you know a, a pretty good bonus on some of these uh, Sydney Raiders. How do you think the Queensland horses will stack up this year against the, the Sydney form? They don't. They don't usually. Um, you know, the, the southern event, southern horses usually come up here that are a lot stronger and, you know, they take all the prize money. And that's why I've been a sort of a bit of an advocate to get some races that are solely, you know, for Queensland horses. Um, just really, you know, you don't have to have more than one or two during the carnival to highlight them. Uh, I think, uh, you know, then all of a sudden all the cash doesn't go back to the south and some of the, you know, the Brisbane trainers or the Queensland trainers get some. But, but I think you're right in that um, you pick and choose which ones you follow. Like I'm, I think Cummings is going to take uh, a big step up here and go bang with a lot of horses which i see i've seen a few trials recent and um they just seem to be timing their their run to perfection for, for the winter up here so he's the bloke i'll be um i'll be uh, looking hard at over the next uh six to ten weeks mm, we just uh filmed the bet doctor show earlier today and he looks like he's taking a strong hand to adelaide as well so what about uh, you, Tommy? You're quite outspoken about some uh, jockeys on the Twitter sphere. Who's the jockey to follow for the uh, Queensland Carnival? Uh, for the Carnival, I think from a Brisbane perspective, I think Jim Byrne is um, he's riding the best out of the Brisbane crew at the moment. From Sydney, obviously, your J-Max, your Bowmans, Tommy Berry, I think, will suit Eagle Farm. Um, group 1, Bossy, we get him in the QE22 on Sir Dragon A. That'll be a good watch. But... Um, I'm not sure. I haven't heard much, but hopefully Jamie Carr comes up. I'd like to get my eyes on her. <laughs> and what about uh, Noel Callow? How's he settled into town up there? Yeah, he's going pretty good. He's, he, uh, I think he rode three winners the other day, but he missed out on a few winners um, yesterday at Toowoomba. I think he uh, got sick or something happened to him and he, and he couldn't go. But he's, you know, down at the Gold Coast, he's going to be a powerhouse down there. He's just... Uh, He'll just push and shove them out of the way, more or less, and be uh, too strong for him down there. It's just a matter of when he comes to town. I think. And what about the Queensland trainers on fire up there? I guess you've got the all-conquering uh, Golan Yard. Is there any anyone else to look out for? It's just a bit strange the Golan Yard. You know, it's been up and down a little bit. Same with Van Dyke. Um, you know, it's a bit of timing with Van Dyke. You know, I think uh, just recently. Because he um, he was detouring away from Eagle Farm, you could see him uh, just priming his horses for Doomman. And whereas now it's Eagle Farm back on the radar for him, um, you know it's going to be interesting uh, how he plays it because his horses do race good with you know with a few weeks in between their runs, and um, it's going to be interesting how he does it now that he's brought Eagle Farm back onto the radar. 
Mm. And what about uh, you, Tommy? What are your thoughts? Yeah, Gollum's obviously the A1 trainer up here. Um, I think Heathcote's probably a trainer to keep a sneaky watch on. I think he's definitely finding some form recently. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, very true. Mm. Okay, so yeah, the trainers to watch from uh, down south would be Cummings and Gollum and Heathcote will continue to dominate the Queensland ranks. It's going to be uh, a short, sharp and uh, punchy show today. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Eagle Farm track. That's where they're racing this Saturday it's been an ongoing saga for many years now. They've ripped the joint up a couple of times and they can't seem to get it right. So we'll get the guys insight into how things are progressing at Eagle Farm at the moment. There's a couple of other issues that are boiling away up in Queensland, but uh, we might take a quick little break and make sure you support punningform.com.au, the Australia's best online form guide and database with benchmarks and sectional times. Make sure you check out punningform.com.au. Up next, we're going to talk all the Quaddy Legs races 6, 7, 8 and 9 so you can find a winner this Saturday at Eagle Farm. Welcome back to Bris Vegas, our standalone Queensland Winter Carnival show. We're here for 10 weeks and I'm your host, Scoot, and joining me is John McLeod from MacBet and Tommy Henjack. He's an up-and-comer and he has dubbed himself the uh, the Windsor Weasel. So let's hope the, let's see if the Weasel can get us a couple of winners with Top Sport and Johnny Mack. We've seen him in action at Little Birdie Millions, so we know how patient and disciplined he is, and he's here to teach us how to assess the races. So we've got Eagle Farm this Saturday, and much has been made about the furor around the Eagle Farm tracks, but what's been the latest racing patterns and how can we expect Eagle Farm to play? I'll go to you first, Johnny. Um. It's been a, uh, I don't know whether it's a maturity thing or it's a, just a learning curve by, the, by everyone involved. But um, first of all, it was pretty hard. And everyone used to say it was hard as a rock. And, and then they, they started to water it a bit and then they watered it too much. And then they went back and read read something. And, and now just recently they're punching holes in it, like just like a bit of like golf greens and lots of stuff and trying to make, um, some movement in it. Now, what that has done, it has slowed the times down, you know, quite dramatically. Um, I would say in the last, uh, the last couple of meetings, they've probably slowed them down by half a second to a second, maybe, um, which is really unusual. And, and I think a lot of people would, would, uh, just shake their heads, you know, with databases that they're trying to use paths and all that sort of stuff to try to work out, you know, what's right and what's wrong, you know, so, it's got to be, you know, just got to be a bit careful of uh, how to treat this track at the moment. Um, it's a, it's tricky, and you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's good because you've got to really uh, take note, and and it's very biased. You know, there's a lot of bias there that you can play with, and that's really what I, I would like in every track, just about, because just learn where the horses are going to be in the right spots, and then, uh, then back those horses. It's a if you can get onto it early, it's a big plus. Mm. And Tommy, you like horses that map forward. Uh, yeah, Twitter handles at Maps of Brisbane. So the map is probably where you start your analysis. And uh, has Eagle Farm been playing leaderish, or has it been run on like it used to? Um, yeah, I suppose the last couple of weeks, it's just you need to be kind of up there. With the slow times, it can make it difficult for those to um, show their turn of foot. Um, the rail's out 3.5 metres this weekend. We did see a pretty leader bias track here back on the 
7th of February, but obviously there's a lot has changed to the track since then. And yeah, they've let the grass grow a fair bit since. So not sure it'll play like that on Saturday. Mm. The other issue that's happening at the moment in Queensland, which is probably a, a fairness issue. Do you think that all horses should be forced to parade? And it seems to be, in my opinion, a bit of an unfair advantage if some horses are forced to parade and others are allowed to go straight on the track. Do you think that'll happen in the, the winter carnival? I'll pull their socks up a little bit there. Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know whether this happens everywhere. I like what you know. I'll put it to you. You know, what do you think horses parade for? You know, what's the reason for horses parading? Well, I thought it'd uh, it'd be for the stewards to check the gear to make sure the uh, all the right lead was under the saddles and uh, to get the I guess the eyes of the the participants to see that the the horse is there. It's got the markings there and. The punters in the gallery or on the TV at home could uh, get an eye on on the horse flesh to make sure that uh, they're ready to roll and to, to leg the jockey up and make sure that nothing unscrupulous was uh, was happening. Am I on the money? Well, yeah, yeah, they could do that <laughs> as they you know they go they do actually check it before they go on the selling pleasure. So so they actually check it on the way in. So they could actually you know go in, jump on, go straight out. Now, I you know my question is that. You know, in the past, I know at Eagle Farm and Dooman, the the main trainers always got the the stalls that are the furthest away from the public and the furthest away from the horses that are leading onto the track for the next race. Because when horses see other horses go past them all the time in race one, race two, if they're in race eight or whatever, by the time they get to race eight, they're, they're sort of uh, just a mess, some of them. Just because they're ready to go, and then they're thinking, "Oh, this is my race. This is it." Whereas in the past, all the trainers got, you know, they put them in the back store as far away as possible. So if they're thinking that, then some horses, when they jump onto the track, they're a bit stirry, and they're and they're going around the paddock, and they get warmed up, and they get, you know, stirred up. Are they getting disadvantaged by the one that actually comes in and actually goes straight out into the track that has been? You know, allowed to do that. You know, that's that's the question. I, I you know, I'm, I don't know what the what the answer is, but I do think it's a bit of an unfair thing if a horse comes into the yard and is not made to parade for you know just as long as whatever the others were. Because the bell goes, you come into the yard and you're there. You've got to be there. And like, if you're late, you get a you know you get a fine. So you know what. I, it, it's a, it's sort of contentious for me because I, you know like if it's if Winks was there and he was one of these horses that were playing up and all the public went down there to see him parade he went straight out on the track what would they say would they allow it you know I I don't know I just don't I don't like it you know and, and it's not just because I I'm a yard person I can actually see them when I, when they come on the track and come on into the yard and have a look. But I do see horses that do break out and start, you know, get becoming a mess that has had to parade for a while. And, um, you know, you could say, oh, it's a bit dangerous for horses to come into the yard that are playing up in them. Well, is it dangerous when they're in the race? If they're that stirred up and that's going to be that much of a problem out in the yard, are they going to be the same in the race? Mm. So that's, you know, right. 
I dare say that uh, there is an edge and you've probably uh, found a little angle there. So MacBet uh, tips will give you some really good up-to-date late mail. And we've seen a little bit of a precedence uh, with that over the past few years. It wasn't too long ago. There was a horse called Black Caviar and she used to get special treatment uh, in the barriers. And uh, hopefully um, the stewards can have a look into that at Queensland. Now, let's uh, let's for, look at... Just, just Queensland, is it Queensland? I don't. I would. I would highly, you know, doubt that that it was just Queensland. That, that they would. Um, they would do it down south as much. Hmm. Might uh, might pose that question to Nico Noonan on that next week's show at Bet Doctor and see how much of that happens. I know it ha- does happen from time to time, and I think that uh, I guess the defence there is a safety thing. But yeah, there'd be definitely horses. Uh, that would be flighty nine times out of ten at the races. So there would be some horses getting a distinct advantage there. Let's uh, let's have a look at race six, the Dal Rello Stakes over a thousand metres. We've got the odds courtesy of topsport.com.au. Uh, the market movers here are Ashima three ninety out to two uh, out to four twenty. Sorry, Stella Magic four forty to four twenty. Miss Hipstar five dollars. Military Gambler six fifty. Refero has been the one they've backed thirteen dollars into nine. And we're just going to queue up a little bit of a replay here, Stella Magic's last start. And uh, Tommy and Jack, take us through the race. Yep. So this is the main lead-up um, track and trip, 1,000 metres. Um, so Bailey was on Stella Magic here. You can see him. He hasn't really moved, only asked for it. It's last kind of 200 metres. Um, they went out good. They come home in good figures. But the main drag on the race was this horse in the red. It stuck three wide, no cover. Um, only beaten two and a half lengths, and its previous form was pretty awful to say the least. Coming out of a 900 meter Newcastle maiden, so kind of went looking for a few other horses. Had a look at Ashima, comes out of a slow run kindergarten where it just sucked up the fence, didn't do anything outstanding for me. Um, there's three horses I'll probably be looking to back in the race, one of those being Miss Hipstar. Um, she's a very well developed filly. Um, trialed well recently and did some really nice things. Um, she was basically caught wide in her last two runs at the end of last preparation, so they were clear for gives. Um, the other ho- two horses I'll be specking is Bedini's Girl. She'll get off speed in what looks like a pretty genuine tempo. Loved her recent trial, and she chased home Miss Hipster last preparation. And I think a sneaky one at $34, Oriental Princess. She can be a big improver as well. Mm. Looking at the speed map that you've provided from puntingform.com.au, you have mapped that horse uh, really wide, Miss Hipstar. Uh, any concern there for that runner? And just horses in general from the 1,000-metre start at Eagle Farm, is that something that concerns you? Yeah, that's a bit of a concern, the wide barren. That's what plays into Stella Magic's hand. It's a 1,000-metre start at Eagle Farm straight onto the bend. She will either have to push around a horse like a Shima or go back, but I think she's got a bit of class about her. So... That's why I'm kind of leaning towards her over the other two. Mm. And Miss Hipster on top there. I mean, let's have a look at uh, the Queensland Guineas over 1,600 metres. We've got the odds courtesy of topsport.com.au up on the screen now. We've got Private Eye, the early mover, 290 into 270. Apache Chase has also been specced, 320 into 270. Holyfield, $7.50. Tumbler Ridge, 850 And Roll with the Flow, $10.00. We're just going to queue up the private eye uh, last 400 metres and uh, talk us through this, uh, Johnny. Yeah, well, the leader just um, pretty much walked in front and then uh, then he gave it a dig and he really charged. Now, private eye is the one in the green and the, and the light, well, dark 
what is it, black and dark and light green out wide out there getting bumped by the, I think it's a maiden on the inside of it. Um, and they charged the line. They came you know, really strong at the finish. Now, you know, the sectionals were against this horse um, and it did a really good job. Um, question mark is, is um, can this horse run the 1600? That's that's the little question mark in my in my mind. It's by, I think it's by um, Mel Morales, right? um, and, and they're sort of 50 50 1600 um, meter horses. Some have got further, but um, I think the mare is by Shemadel, so that's going to help. Um, so hopefully it'll be able to uh, sit back, you know, get a nice tuck into the run, and just charge the last of the bit. Mm, and looking at the punningform.com.au speed map here, it looks like uh, Apache Chase is going to push over from the wide alley and then your horse, Private Eye John, is going to give it a massive, massive start here. Does that concern you? It, that's, that is right. You know, the thing here is Apache Chase is going to have to work a little bit to get around Holyfield and run, run with the flow. You know, um, I know that Apache Chase let it roll, you know, and let, let it roll pretty strong in front, you know. So this horse is probably going to lead by you know, a couple of lengths, I would say, and go on at a pretty uh, good clip. Now, if Private Eye is back in the field and having to chase a little bit earlier than what it really wants to, and then the 1600 is a touch of a, you know, you know, a worry, well, then it's going to have to make you know, a long run, and that's, you know, it could be a problem. But if it just you know, comes out of the barriers and just, just does its own thing and then just starts to track up as the race goes unfolds, and if this rain comes, fence could be a little bit iffy. Just comes to the outside again, you know, a duller good jockey. I think his horse will just power over the top of him. But I am concerned that he doesn't push the button a bit too soon and worry, God, I'm eight, ten lengths off the lead, which is possible he could be. That's uh, it's a, having known John for a little while, it's, uh, it's a pretty good push when he says that it's going to power over the top of him. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, races eight and nine. If you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you bet with a bookmaker you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. They've been in the business 35 years and they will take bigger bet as anyone out in the marketplace. So make sure you support topsport.com.au. Up next, we'll talk race eight and nine at Eagle Farm. Welcome back to Briz Vegas, our standalone Queensland Winter Carnival preview show. We've uh, we've got Johnny Macbeth McLeod, who's got the uh, he's got the pool cleaner around. He's got a bloke on the blower, and uh, he's obviously flying Johnny McLeod if he's got the uh, the pool cleaner. I thought he'd uh, do it himself for the exercise, but uh, he's just too good. He's too busy in the chair punting. But uh, Tommy Henjack, I'm surprised he hasn't got the gig as a pool cleaner. He'd pass as one and. Uh, Gee, I tell you what, he'd get up to all sorts of mischief as a pool cleaner, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying that. He likes to advertise himself pretty, pretty heavily on the Twitter sphere. I think he's still single, ladies, so if you're looking for someone out there, Tommy Henjax, your man, slide into his DMs. Now, Tommy, you're going to preview the victory stakes for us over 1,200 metres. There's odds up on the screen now from topsport.com.au. A horse that most people know is trekking. It's been 250 into 205. Big move there. For Seekers, 350. Emerald Kingdom is a horse that has some poor manners. It might be the one of the horses that you're talking about. I don't think it likes parading at all. Bit of a head case there. $11 into 950. Vega won $10 and Nikonova $14. 
The replay that uh, you boys have asked for is Vega 1, and we'll just play its last 400 in the yellow with the uh, the red band. Yep, uh, so Vega 1's the one coming to the outside now with Michael Rod on the yellow colours, as you said. Um, I chose this replay because it was a slow run race and it got back um, over a 1,000 metres, but you watch this last 200 metres, it was really, really poor through the line. Um at first, I thought it could be one of the dangers, but look, if a run like this, it does have class, but it was, yeah, not a resuming run. You'd probably want to be backing next start against a horse like trekking it, wait for age. Mm. And what about uh, what about the hot pot trekking? It's been two fifty and two dollars. Can you support it? Look, I don't really want to get involved first up at those odds, but I do concede. Um, Look, it's going to be very hard to beat, and at the weights, um, it's clearly on top, and there's everyone on the Twitter sphere is tipping it already. So, yeah, I decided I'd probably go through a couple of other runners instead. Like, I think you can find a few chinks in, obviously, for Seeker. Um, it was in the wilderness for a while there since last year's all-age stakes. Um, Joe Pride's publicly already said that this horse needs cut out of the ground. So whether Eagle Farm's going to suit it, and it did resume with a win at, was it last, was it a fortnight ago in a group two in a moderate mm. run race? But it was against some fillies and mares there that were also in the wilderness. Like you had Sweet Deal, Fiesta, Tefane, and then you had some up-and-comers in Entrevere and Wonderbar. So that wasn't a strong race either. So I know it probably gets run of the race from gate one, probably parked behind a genuine speed, but... To me, Fasika looks the hole in the market at about 350, I think. And what about the early betting move for Emerald Kingdom? Is Robbie Heathcote likely to target a race like this? Maybe have the horse a little bit ready early? Do you think 1,200 metres first up is something that would suit Emerald Kingdom? Yeah, I think absolutely. It was the horse that I um, went looking for. It's one of those horses that can get stirred up. And towards the end of last preparation, he would just send it straight onto the track. And that's when we saw its most improved runs. Um, it's had two recent trials given and they were pretty good hit outs. So I think it's probably the one that I'd have something on early. I think it'll be there on speed and be there for a long way. Another horse that can pull a run fresh is uh, is nicking over from the Stephen uh, Trugay yard. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, so Nick is a really interesting runner. It's had two jump outs. Um, both have been in pretty good fashion. Um, 1,200 metres will be getting back here. Um, I'd look for him probably second or third up, up in the distance, but whether he can give a class horse like trekking a two or three length head start and get over the top of him, um, yeah, it seems a difficult assignment. Mm, so Emerald Kingdom seems to be the way that uh, Tommy is leaning there. What about you, Johnny Mack? Any early thoughts this race? Well, from what I can see, there's, there's good speed here. Uh, there's, you know, the Odyssey goes forward. Seeker's got speed. Emerald Kingdom, I think, is just going to have to move early um, from that eight gate. Trial really good the other day when it led, and uh, Master Jamie's going to have to do something as well from the gate. So all I can see is just a horse like trekking, wait for age, just sitting in behind him. And you know, if he doesn't start odds on, I'll walk, I'll walk to well, I walk to Melbourne. Yeah, I'll come down. I'll come down. No, I'll walk to Warrnambool and see if come and have a drink with this kid. <laughs> uh, I just think it's sort of uh, you know it's one of those horses everyone's going to come up with. Uh, 
just going to be sitting midfield. It's trial was one of these Cummings ones that I was talking about, you know, just led the trial and just booted away. It didn't beat a hell of a lot. Um, but it was just the way that it did it. And uh, as I said, this, the race is going to be set up for it, just park in midfield. Now, again, if this rain comes a little bit, just softens that inside part of the track up and they come out a little bit, it's perfect. Mm. It uh, definitely looks well-weighted there. Under the conditions, it looks super hard to beat. And I might spec Nick and over at a little bit of a price. If it uh, if it's going to fire fresh, it may just surprise or run a nice uh, nice little price at the place. All right, let's uh, let's have a look at the final leg of the quaddy. Wow, we're going to go skinny in the quaddy. Sounds like these boys are reasonably confident with the card at this stage, and they've got a little bit of an indication on how the track will play as well. But Let's look at uh, the class six plate there. And we've got odds on the screen courtesy of topsport.com.au. We've got Fender at $2.15, Garibaldi $2.90, Hard Labor $9, and Asherani $10. Not much movement there. And uh, Johnny, you've got a couple of replays that you want to show us. Uh, what The first one is Fender uh, in the blue silks with a white star. Talk us through this one. Okay, so Fender's second too wide there. Now, the horse that uh, is running fourth, um, he'd come out the other day and it didn't go too bad at the Doomden, but there is a, like using Tom's analogy, is that there's a little bit of a drag on this race just because I think it ran third. Now, it was chasing this horse not too bad. Now, they're trying to get to the Stradbroke on the leader. You can see the last little bit. He was, you know, he wasn't getting away from him, um, Fender. So I just think um, in this situation here, Fender will go forward. He'll be there. Whether the track is going to suit a horse um, up on the speed and not suit those horses coming in the middle of the track, that's going to be the big question here. If, the, if leaders are going all right, Fender's going to be there for a long way. But I wouldn't be rushing with the 220. Mm. Any uh, any final thoughts there? Oh, actually, we'll, we're gonna, the next replay we're going to uh, queue up is Garibaldi in the uh, the black and white silks here. Why have you picked this replay, Johnny? Well, just take a look at this one. It's the black with the white sleeve. This is before it had a break. It's had a break of about 77 days. That's it pushing out, um, coming around the leaders. Now, they've rolled along pretty quickly, but just watch his thoughts, how he attacks the line. Um, I love to see this, this type of, you know, just quicken lengthen, bang, he's won at Eagle Farm before. The second horse doesn't go too bad. I think it's Ruka. I'm just not 100% sure about it, but I think it was Ruka, and it goes all right. Now, the problem with this horse, he's got the bad gait. You know, Rod's mm. going to have to give it a nice ride, but he'll probably ride it quiet and get back. And then again, if they're steaming down the outside in the middle of the track, he's the one to beat. So you're just going to have to watch this race. Um, I have the pattern because if they're coming mid-track and coming down the outside, you can back Garibaldi and another horse called Hard Labour down the bottom. I thought it trial quite good. But if they're racing on the pace, and, uh, well, then it's a different story. I'll probably put my hands in the air because I couldn't back. I can't take 220, I think, Fender is. So I, um, I'm sort of, I really want them to be peeling down the middle of the track here for me to, to, you know, just to jump in their courses like Garibaldi and Hard Labour to knock off the favourite. Mm, something that we talk a lot about on this show, and I'm sure you guys do when uh, when you're talking in your own circles, is uh, the jockey changes. 
big upgrade there. Hugh Bowman on for Ashley Morgan. No disrespect there, but uh, Michael Rod, he, uh, he'll partner Garibaldi as well. And as you've seen on the speed map, looks very tricky. What uh, what are your thoughts here, Tom? Which way are you leaning? Uh, yeah, definitely leaning towards Garibaldi. Um, same as John. I'm not sure about that fender race the other day, especially being at Doombin. Um, Doombin the Eagle Farm's a different kettle of fish, but hard labor's a horse I've always had a lot of time for. Um, Edmonds Camp just love to educate these um, progressive horses in the provincials. Uh, last preparation, it had two, a class one and a class two in the provincials. Then it came to a Doombin Saturday Metro class two, on oh no, our benchmark 72 or something like that. And they've all been slow run races, but it's showed a ripper turn of foot. And look, to um, to start its preparation here in a class six Saturday grade at the start of the carnival um, indicates to me they have a pretty big opinion of the horse. And yeah, like John, I thought the trial was a ripper. Hmm. He, gave it, he gave it a really good hit out of the trial. I was surprised with how when he sent it to the line. And, you know, I'd like to see that you know, in trials. I don't, you know, I hate seeing, you know, jockeys just tear apart coming to the line because they're teaching bad habits, and especially young horses. This horse is not young, but he's sending to the line. He's got that fitness under his belt now, and he's going to finish the race off pretty good. But again, just keep an eye on how the track's playing, where they're winning from. Mm. If you want to find more of these guys' tips, make sure you head to matbet.com.au for their up-to-date service. Now, uh, of the quaddy legs, what was your best bet, uh, Johnny? It sounds like you're... Uh, Almost declaring, oh, you like private eye, but um, you think trekking is nearly a good thing, also. Pretty much, yeah. I, I, I think trekking will win. Um, and private eye, I'm going to be more, I'm going to be keener on it if they're zooming down the outside on the middle of the track again. So, you know, I keep on saying it. it it's, it's a, I'm looking for this bias, and uh, my play is if they if they are coming down the outside, I'm going to be betting it. Meeting, so if they're not, I'm just in a little bit of trouble with a few of these because Apache Chase is the one that you know could hide more in front. And if the leaders, you know, are getting away with it, well, we might hold off for us like Private Eye, who just might peak the last bit, you know, the mile. So, um, I just really want pace, I really want mid track, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. What are your thoughts, Tommy? Best bet? Uh, yeah, probably, I mean. It sounds like a broken record, same as John, but I'm looking at a horse in race five, possibly Gontontes. Let me down last up behind a pretty good one in skins, but I think on the quick back up here can uh, get the W. So that's uh, race five, number three, Gun Tuntes, and that's uh, 5.50 with topsport.com.au. Now it's time to have a look at the Top Sport Big Bets. A little bit quiet in Queensland compared to our eastern or our other eastern states. In the first race, uh, Race one, number 12, Tumai has been specced. Uh, Chris Waller with uh, Ron Stewart, the uh, Sydney Cup winning uh, combination, has been 26 into $20, only a $200 bet. Could you boys be with that runner, Tumai in the first? Went good there without the coast. Got back in the field and sections were good, ran on, but again, you'll be back second last. And you, you know, you know, race one, you won't know how this track's going to play. So, they're, they're throwing a, um, they're, they're rolling their arm over on a, on a, on a chance, you know. It's just, uh, I want to know, I'll be trying not to play in this one because I think um, that you could get burnt, you know, later in the day. You sort of say, well, leaders have been going good and I was on a back mark. It'll make you sick. And if you're not on it 
and all of a sudden they're coming down the middle of the track, they're, uh, you're going to say, well, why didn't I back it? So you, you're on a kick and nothing. <laughs> mm. The next bet uh, that uh, have been taken at Top Sport is race six, number five, Referro. It's been $250 at the $13, now into $9. You boys have put a bit of a cooler on that one. And the other bet early there at Top Sport is Eagle Farm, race seven, number four, Private Eye. And that's 1000 at $2.90. So that, in fact, could be Johnny McLeod's money going around. But as they've sort of said over and over again, that uh, they're just going to be keeping their powder dry until that pattern is very, very clear. That's uh, that's a wrap from us on our first ever Bris Vegas Carnival show. We're here for another nine weeks. It's going to be fantastic stuff. We'll sink our teeth into the carnival. We'll have some a little bit of review in next week's show and we'll start to warm up as the carnival start to cruise into the Group 1 racing there. Big thanks to Johnny McLeod. He'll be out cleaning the pool or... Well, probably getting uh, ready to stretch his legs on his walk down to Melbourne or the Bull. And uh, Tommy, I'm tipping you'll be doing your best work on Tinder later tonight. Thanks for joining us, guys. A big thanks to the boys from MacBet and Top Sport Punning Form, all our sponsors. It's been a really good show. We've got nine more episodes to go for the Winter Carnival. We'll be here till Calandra Cup Day. Make sure you follow us at Little Birdie TV on Twitter, Little Birdie TV on the YouTube channel, and we're in the Apple Store and Spotify, so make sure you check us out. We've got plenty more action for the Queensland Winter Carnival. We'll see you next week.